0: Welcome to the Clifford Chance podcast, where our experts discuss pressing issues and trends faced by the business world today. This is the latest of our real-time podcast series, which focuses on real estate. I'm Ed Bretherton, part of Clifford Chance's Construction Group, and I'm joined by Adrian Levy, who is the co-head of our global real estate sector group. Hello, Ed. Hi, Adrian. And by Matt Taylor, who is our UK head of PropTech. Afternoon, Ed. Adrian and Matt have uh, recently authored the excellent Talking Tech Report, Real Assets, uh, which reports on a series of interviews they conducted with key industry players to describe the state of the PropTech union. And what we're going to try and do in this podcast is draw out a few of the key themes coming out of that series of interviews. So without further ado, Adrian, was 2018 the year that PropTech finally broke through?
1: I think it's been a very important year for PropTech. I think there are three things that have really happened. One, there's a huge amount more money which has come into the market. I think the market is ready for it. It's a massive market, the real estate market. $220 trillion is within the real estate market. So it's a huge asset class. And I think the mood is right. So occupiers are looking for prop tech solutions and landowners are trying to find those solutions for those occupiers. So 2018 has seen a huge number of additional startups and there's a real energy in the market. I think the trick, though, is going to be trying to
2: convert that energy and the fact that everyone's now talking about prop tech into actually some real concrete benefits. Because I think at the moment you see a lot of startups solving small problems, but we don't really see a transformation in the way that we're doing our day-to-day business. And I think next year maybe a bit about that in terms of trying to bring some of that together and really consolidate prop tech into things that make a change a sort of platform level and can really scale up
0: from that. We'll talk a bit more about next year shortly, but in terms of real examples, what have you seen this year in terms of where the money is?
1: Well, there's a uh, vision Fund has raised 100 billion, 20 billion of which they're looking to deploy into proptech. That's a game changer. That's a huge amount of money being invested in one particular sector. But they're not alone in that. So other venture capitalists have come into it. Seed camp. there's Pi Labs, there's Fifth Wall. There's a number of venture capitalists that are looking at raising money and investing it in PropTech, but also the corporates. So JLL have got a fund, CBRE are looking at an incubator fund, um, and some of the traditional landowners are also putting a significant amount of money aside to try and invest in this new technology.
0: A sign then that the incumbent industry players are trying not to get left behind, do you think?
1: I, I, that is uncertainly and certainly true. Um, the incumbent players see that there are real opportunities. The market is demanding them to change. That land is now also about a service that they need to provide to their to their their occupiers. And so yes, they are looking at the market very carefully.
2: I think that's what was really important about twenty eighteen. It was probably the year where mainstream real estate kind of got it they realized that it wasn't about a small disruptor coming in and just wiping out their businesses but instead it was much more about looking at the customer base and realizing there'd been that shift in mood from tenants who just pay the rent and frankly are told to sort of shut up and be quiet in their building to customers who demand a much greater level of service but on the other hand also there's more revenue streams there for owners and investors to you take advantage of as well.
1: I think that's right, and and if you look at where we are on the economic cycle, you know, if you really want to make money, capital growth is going to be limited in the next few years or the next decade potentially. So, how are you going to make money? You're going to have to work your assets harder, and one of the ways of working the assets and providing different types of services is prop take.
0: And Adrian, presumably for you, that means that incumbent players are not only setting up their own funds employing their own specialists but they're looking at the disruptors and seeing if they can't bring them into the fold
1: actively looking they're looking at investing in the disruptors they're looking at acquiring the disruptors so uh, there's quite a bit more M&A that has happened in 2018 I'm expecting more m to happen over the coming years and that's not only acquisitions but there's also joint ventures creating collaborations between um, startups or between startups and more established companies and then, of course, you've got the IPO market, which is always going to be another fruitful market for, for MA activity.
2: I think the really big wild card, though, that doesn't often get talked about is the risk from one of the big technology companies or someone else who's coming into the real estate market, not for real estate, but as a byproduct of some other part of their business. This is sort of Amazon coming in to become a new retailer just because it wants the data from it, or Google deciding it wants to make its Google Home technology widespread and decides to start building homes with it built in something like that is i think where a really radical shift could happen because frankly those sort of new players won't be interested in the same sort of metrics or constrained by the same cost of capital concerns that a lot of existing players are and they've got the scale to really make a difference we haven't seen that a lot yet but i think that's always out there as the wild card and that's actually is one of the threats that's kind of getting some of the existing prop the existing players to really Try to get their house in order so that they're ready to meet any threat like that.
1: And it's up. the new business models—you look at WeWork. I mean, WeWork has completely changed the office market. So you've got established office players that are now adopting a more flexible leasing structure, that was unheard of ten years ago, yeah, but I now is really relevant. Um, and I think we are going to see—we're going to see more of that.
0: So we've been talking to date about the impact of PropTech tech on the wider real estate sector, but we, of course, in this room, are all lawyers. I'm curious how each of you thinks that PropTech is relevant to what we do, perhaps more importantly, how we're relevant to PropTech.
1: Well, there there is the point I made earlier about transactional activity. So there's no doubt that we're gonna be involved in some of that transactional activity. Over and above that, the uh, regulatory framework within which some of these companies are trying to operate was not created for their business forms. So advising them, on how they can operate their business within the existing regulatory framework and in some cases trying to change the regulatory framework so that it is operable for prop tech companies is something that we're very actively involved in at the moment.
2: The other point is we mentioned earlier that investors are increasingly seeing gains in new new sources of revenue and in particular in going into operational businesses. Part of that then for real estate players is now things like are you acquiring the data? Are you acquiring the brand have you got the risks covered have you got a cyber security um, plan in pre- place these are all new challenges coming out of some of the technology and new business models that are being implemented and unless we understand them and are able to advise on them we're not going to be able to do a good job for our clients So i think it's critical we're aware of what the issues are aware of what the opportunities are and also there of what the risks that come along with some of those
0: so um On the ground in the uk we are seeing or anticipating to see uh, an uptake in things like off-site industrialized and modular construction processes and we as lawyers will need to think about how they impact things like payment security and performance security Um, but we're also seeing quite small changes things like sensors in concrete which will allow people to revolutionize the way works are programmed based on knowledge of concrete drying times Small things and big things which together are really going to revolutionise the way projects are delivered. What things, I'm curious, are you guys most excited about seeing come into fruition on the purely tech side? In I the have coming to say you, the,
1: the points you made about construction are very interesting because I saw an interesting statistic recently where only 1% of the costs deployed by construction companies is on technology. So there's a huge amount of opportunity there for the increasing amount of spend on technology to try and revolutionise that market. I know Katera, which is um, a, a construction prop tech company, have just received 867 million dollars from um, from SoftBank. So it's just another example of where the money's going is partly towards the construction market, and that is going to make a difference.
0: That's part, I think, of how the construction market's going to need to change a bit, particularly for the contractors. one of the reasons only 1% has been spent on developing tech solutions to issues is that for years, contractors have been faced with incredibly low margins just to get work. And therefore, their R&D budgets have been really, really badly hit. The bigger players, the Lango O'Rourke's of this world, are already buying up things like off-site manufacturing facilities to try and address some of the anticipated trends in the industry. But they will need to be able to free up some of their capital in order
2: really to invest properly. I think one of the areas I'm personally quite interested in seeing is how PropTech can potentially save retail. Uh, You see constant doom and gloom headlines about how take care of Intu's fallen over, Um, another retailer goes into insolvency or a CVA. But on the other side of that, on the prop tech side, you see a huge amount of enthusiasm. Uh, There's a whole range of startups, people like Indica, Beta, Storefront appear here, who are all trying to find ways of getting a better experience into a shopping center. Uh, So they're bringing in internet brands, they're approaching key into online influencers for what what the latest hot thing is and try and get that into your shopping centre. Um, and I think that's quite an interesting change of how they see a real opportunity in the market to take the retail industry and really transform it.
0: And this, you think this is more than just enthusiasm and noise, right? In, pr- presumably in the same way the residential market has lent heavily towards shorter-term leases, the PRS sector. This is something similar you're anticipating for retail?
2: Yeah, I think... The nature of retail has changed. I think the the days when retail retail landlords in particular were just willing to just wanted to sign up twenty five year leases of market of the sort of standard same brands all over the all over the country. I think that's going, and now it's a much more dynamic mix. So I think we'll still have those same anchors. I, I can't see the industry changing that much, but the whole mix is going to be much more dynamic. I think landlords will want to be able to change the offering. And I think retailers probably want that as well. They want to be able to potentially get in, launch a product, launch a brand, develop it for two or three years, and then maybe shut it down and start something new. I think that makes actually a trip to the shopping centre more interesting, because actually it's fundamentally going to be different each, each time you're there.
1: Okay. And it's There's a theme to this, isn't there, which is just speed. And tech creates... Speed create, allows you to affect um, transactions and change much quicker. Um, and I think all of the parts of the real estate industry are being changed by that. So retail, you want they, the brands want to be, have access to a particular shopping centre quickly, and they don't want to be able to leave that shopping centre equally quickly um, when it's no longer working for them. Office tenants, they want to have office space when they need it, and then they want to be able to um, withdraw from that office space when they no longer need it. And I think that's one of the sort of themes that we're seeing with tech is it's just flexibility. It's being able to quickly change different business models.
2: Do you think, Adrian, that we're going to see anything that directly affects how deals themselves are run? Because at the moment, we're still more or less doing the same process that we've been, do- been doing for, for years. Yeah, we might be making small bits of it more, inefficient, more efficient.
1: I think the, the holy grail is to create a, a transaction platform a platform where the properties will, the data about the property will remain on the platform and will stay on the platform for the life of that asset. And that platform will allow for that property to be bought or sold during its life. Um, And I think that there are a number, Cloud Scraper is one such platform and there are many other platforms that are coming out there to look at how you can transact property, property very quickly. When you layer on top of that tokenization, that just changes the whole landscape because you could end up with a very liquid real estate market, which changes real estate as an asset class.
2: I think tokenization is one of those really interesting points, because I think it's one of those points we are coming back to earlier, where the tech meets the legal pretty pretty head on. And I think there's a lot of startups who, they have the technology to be able to tokenize real estate, they have the sort of business plan to do it, but I'm not sure they've quite got the regulatory analysis there that, There's this real difference between going out and selling a property to every individual on the internet in any country. You try and sell that to a regulator. That's a really difficult, really difficult sell. So I think actually next year, it's going back to what Predictions were saying, might be make or break for some of that to see how regulators adapt.
0: So... um... With apologies for cutting you guys off when doubtless you could keep talking about this for hours. Um, thank you very much indeed for your time and for your insights. Um, 2018 has clearly been a bit of a watershed moment for prop tech. Um, it seems a lot of money in the market is interested in deploying prop tech. Uh, it seems that disruptors and incumbents alike are very much training their crosshairs on prop tech. Uh, uh, Yes. So to pick up on one of the mantras in your excellent report, PropTech is dead. Long live property. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening.